Welcome to a very special Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Joining you from uh, our living rooms in uh, Long Beach and Redondo Beach, respectively. It's Tuesday night. Just finished broadcasting the the LAFC game. What was your any one ten football duty this evening? I would tune in, but I was busy. No, I just had to tweet and make people upset about the game. Oh, Twitter's been uh, hot. People want answers to questions that they're. I don't know if there's really questions. So that actually is a very fair assessment. I didn't know where you were going to go with that, and then it was actually very fair. <laughs> was there I- a que- was there a question there? And as I said in our uh, one ten football. Uh, LAFC 360 show, which on Mondays, which you can catch every Monday at one o'clock, most Mondays, we don't work holidays, right? One o'clock Pacific time on 110 football YouTube. Uh, I was, I was saying that there's a a LAFC against the world um, situation developing here. And we, you were mentioning, we'd say, we'd look at some, some people, very reputable folks, and they feels like they, they take some, some pleasure in, reporting the shortcomings of LAFC, which I understand, but I don't see that happening with any other club, Vince. It's such an American thing, though, right? They they get you, they jettison you to the top, and then they want to knock you down. And then also, I think you and I talk about this a lot. A lot of people talk like as if they watch every single game. And you and I try to watch as many as we can, but we're very And honest. I'm not even close. We're not even close. And we're very honest when we don't watch games. And it shows for some of these people when they're not watching the full game because they lean into a certain narrative. Uh, but you said LAFC against the world. Lately, well, I, lately, I'm feeling it's LAFC against LAFC with uh, the way some of these things are going. It's the true. Some but of these talks are going. With regard to the world, if Philadelphia loses their last three games of the season, would this narrative come up? I don't think it would. I mean, wouldn't that be the choke job of the century? How good they were playing <laughs> to lose three in a row? And they haven't done it. But I mean, if they, I don't think people would be like, oh, yeah, and, I, apart. and I don't think they will. I think they're going to end the season pretty well. But they have to re- they have to win out just like LAFC should want to win out. Uh, a lot of people telling me even before this game, hey, if we don't win, the supporter shield is gone. Uh, hey, there's a thing called math, and no, it's not. Uh, do I do? Does it feel like all is lost when you have lost four and six? That I I can agree with you on the sentiment. It's a bad streak. Yeah, it's a it's bad a, streak. It's a bad streak. The bad taste in your mouth. Um, but the reason why you and I are here. And the reason why I get a little upset about Twitter is because we do try to be as objective as we can by watching the whole game and breaking it down throughout the game instead of just giving the, hey, after the match happened and it's 1-1, oh my God, the sky is falling. So that that's where it gets me a little upset. I mean, we play these games for a reason. Like, isn't sports fun? This is the whole point. You're not supposed to know what happens. So I, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's a Twitter thing. Uh, I don't think it's everybody. And I will say that this year has been better. Uh, you and I will remember 2021, and that was a dark, dark year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After losing 4-6, the reality is LA season not really in that much worse shape to win an MLS Cup based on everything that you can achieve. The only thing that's kind of gone sideways, forget about the record. They can't get it. Can't get it. You can get the supporter shield. So your best, giving yourself your best chance to make a postseason run and lift MLS Cup is to get all your games at home. In order to do that, you got to win the supporter shield. Right now, that's the only thing they probably won't achieve. Haven't clinched the West. They might clinch the West by the time you watch, listen to this pod. Because Austin, if they don't get a win at home against Real Salt Lake on Wednesday, then the Western Conference is LAFC's. And if it's that close with four games to go, it's going to happen. I, I don't want to have these famous last words, but it's just not. It's not. LAFC aren't going to lose three games or with two at home. 
or they won't. But uh, <laughs> it's 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 the only thing they could do is beat Philadelphia. Otherwise, they're still in very good shape. And look, it's it's not a good feeling to see what's what's happened. And they've lost to some bad teams. San Jose is a bad team. Houston's a bad team. Um, but everyone's going to do this because at the end of it all, you have to say, wait a minute, if they're losing these games, how come they're still 10 points up when we record this on Austin? Lewis? What does that say to you that they have been so good that they have had less bad days than other teams and we still have three games to figure it out? And then we have the playoffs. It says to me that games that you win at any point of the season are worth the exact same amount They're of points the that you win. Uh, and yes, MLS is unique because there is playoffs. And I do think that there is something to going into the playoffs, feeling good about yourself. Mostly, I honestly think it's mostly being healthy. Having your best 11 healthy, as I think we're going to talk about in this Minnesota game, not having their 11 in place was a big factor in this game. I think another thing going into the playoffs is being at home, which another thing in this streak, a lot of LFC's bad games have been away from home. We already have kind of understood that, you know, hopefully until the final, which maybe even in the final, LFC would be hosting. So those are all kind of feathers in your cap. Uh, but yeah, it, you, you make a really good point, Max. They did a lot of their work early on, so they actually can afford this in a way now again doesn't make us feel good it doesn't make us feel happy going into the playoffs but 10 point lead in your conference and let's not forget the record seems to be broken every other year it is very ephemeral yes do you want the shield because it's a physical tangible thing you can hold of course but end of the day even if they don't win the shield the bigger thing that a lot of people have been telling me and that i think you and i agree on although you and i both love the shield and we want it is the ccl and you get into the ccl i have thought about the final game of the year and Philadelphia dropping points and LAFC scoring a goal and beating Nashville. And we have this impromptu celebration for the shield. It was very visceral and it's very exciting. It could happen. It may not. Right. So uh, yeah, I it's... think we want that celebration. You and I both remember how fun that was. And I'm sure on the flip side, Philly fans knew how cool it was, although they didn't get to celebrate it quite the same, unfortunately in a, in a COVID year. Uh, yeah. You want celebration for your fans. These are moments that you huddle around. And as a community, you come together and you will always remember you pass down to the kids that showed up for that game or, or just, you know, kids in general, it's, it's something that is creative in your history, but points records, I think in MLS, uh, we can definitely say that they will continue to be broken and those things will continue to fall as this league continues to move forward and change. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get another team next year, maybe another team beyond that. So it, things are going to be very different. And there could very well be a super team. Maybe it's LFC, maybe it's someone else and we'll see how it goes. So uh, let's get into this Minnesota debate. And for LAFC fans feeling a little bit down, and you should. I mean, it's not It's not coming off that Dallas game. It was a horrible drive home for me. I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't – I wanted to get away from games and everything for a bit because it, it really hit me. Uh, what I saw, it was, it was a very a poor taste in your mouth. But you were excited after you went to bed and woke up and said you have a game coming up. And as bad as it's felt with those defeats, LAFC comes into this game. And, you know, I, no one said it's a must win. I mean, everyone's smart enough than that. Um, but it was like, we really need to win it. Yeah, we really need to win it. But flip the script a bit and put yourself in Minnesota shoes where they have one home game after this. And if they don't win this, it's out of their hands making the playoffs. It's out of their hands. That's a, I'm not exaggerating. Look at the standings and some teams with games in hand. That is a, that's the feeling we were in last year and how helpless did we feel where we're chasing this. We've done such, LFC's done such a good job where they're in that position. So Minnesota comes into it. And we saw that intensity from them, as they should, because their season really hung in the balance. LAFC wants to get better to get on that trajectory. Maybe they did that in some departments, but this was 
this was another crazy game based on the Dallas game. So I was, we were all waiting with the lineup. We knew it was going to be a unorthodox lineup. So it's, it certainly came out. We saw that. Yeah. And uh, back to kind of Minnesota and controlling their own destiny. Yeah. They have four teams chasing them that are all close within their reach and teams, big teams like the Seattle's, the Portland's that are, that could really make a run and, and knock them down a peg. And honestly, what have we seen about playoffs? What are the special thing about playoffs? You know, the really only bad thing about, about, or really the only thing that can knock you down in playoffs is not being there, not playing at home. Doesn't seem to matter in the playoffs, you know, not having all the stars doesn't seem to matter in the playoffs. <laughs> like the, so these are things that I, and we're not being homers here. These are actual, there's evidence of this, but yes, going into this, I think we were all a little bit surprised, not as surpri- surprised. Yes. Um, but I would say also a little bit worried. Franco Escobar, who we thought was going to play, who had a rough game in Dallas, is now out again with a head injury. We knew he had a concussion. He sat out a game with a concussion. That's got to be worrisome. Um, head injuries in, in football and soccer are a bigger thing than, than I think anybody's ever imagined they would be. Um, so that's a little worrisome. But then on top of it, it creates a situation where you're Steve Trondolo and you go, oh, man, I had to play a game on short rest where we didn't get to go home. We got to travel. And how do I put this together? And I think he cobbled something together. I, I said at halftime, I go, hey, hey, did you ever, Matt, did you ever dream about putting together a FIFA lineup and then seeing it in real life? Yeah, it was, <laughs> that's what it looks like. It was it was insane. By the way, I've never encountered that. So LAFC have three fullbacks that play, three guys. Mm-hmm. All of them are out. Escobar, the head injury. Hollingshead and Chiqui Palacios with a suspension. All of them out. And anything after that is guys playing out of the position, which we knew we were going to have that. We'll talk about Kellen Acosta. Denny Buanga was kind of a wing back. Uh, Eddie Segura played a little <laughs> Barely. That's why I agree. Sheet, I agree yes, with you. Barely. I didn't know what to call it. I was talking with Warren Barton, who was a plus one. I go, what do we call this formation? I go, well, it's it's not a 5-3-2. It's, it's a 3-5-2 kind of, but it almost feels like a 3-2 kind of staggered to a one and then two. Yeah. Which has been unprecedented. Uh, but um, it was very, it was a lot of moving parts. It was very much a three, four, one, two with Boanga really getting forward. I think Kellen a lot in that first half tucked in uh, and try, kind of helped out in the midfield. Carlos was very much your true 10, which for all of you telling us for the longest time, I want to see Carlos as a 10. I want to see him in midfield. We got to see it I, in that first half. It, it just didn't work for me. You, you can't have a true 10, like the way Reynoso plays and not have kind of some kind of stable base to play it off of. And LFC just with what they fielded and guys not playing in position, guys not knowing each other, couldn't field it in a way and control the ball in a way that you really could use Carlos Vela. I think he was so much better point. when you when you saw him in the second half, which he played more as, I think, a support striker, was farther up the field. I thought, um, and we'll talk about him, for better or for worse, the move to bring Sifu in for Chicho was probably going to be the move regardless of, I think, it's a good time to talk about how Chicho... Uh, not, yeah. not all there mentally for this one. Before that, just with regards to the formation, it's I think it was his best call because you're missing the three fullbacks. Giorgio Chiellini, we knew, could not play another 90, 70, 60 minutes. In, He's this, 37, quick of a, in this quick of a turnaround. And he yes. played two games in a, in a five-day span. It's just mm-hmm. not realistic. So uh, he came in and he played some at the end. So you have numbers offensively. You had a lot of guys still on the bench, and we saw them in Mahala and Christian Teo. So you had numbers there. So you had to lean into that direction or play people you haven't played before. So I thought it was really a no-brainer to get Bale, Buanga, Chicho, and Vela in there. And, you know, it's it's a work in progress. 
it guys, still isn't there. I would say this, in, in judging by how you thought the game was going to go, guys that were ball safe. Like, I love Mahala. Mahala is a scorer. He can shoot. He's a burner. He can run past the defense. But in those times when you need a guy that's an outlet and a guy that you got to stick the ball to and you can hold the ball up for a little bit and then play, play a pass off, it's not Mahala's game. So that's why you want a Bawanga, a Bale, a Chicho. I think for as not good as Bale was, there was one thing about him was he was able to hold the ball a little bit um, and at least allow your team to get a breath and get forward as a unit. And I think that's important. Well, you mentioned Bale, so I'll start with him. And, you know, people, he's, people are going, what's going on? And, and we were talking on the phone before we got on here, and he said, we can't really make a judgment until he actually strings together a good stretch of minutes. He's not there. So for whatever reason, he's not playing all that regularly. And you can see when he does, it's not five-gear Gareth Bale. Mm-hmm. It's like third gear Gareth Bale. So for whatever reason, it's not premium there. Is he going to hit that? I would imagine so. It's just not there. And he doesn't seem, he doesn't look like too bothered why it's not happening. He just feels, it looks like it's just not happened where he is completely hitting that stride and becoming a bigger factor and getting those things. I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you and I'm glad I had that conversation. It's, it just feels, feels far from complete and crazy to think like, okay, Gareth Bale, we got to, you got to use him in this kind of role and not do it. Absolutely insanity to even say that because you could still see the class. It's just, it just hasn't hit. Well, come on. I mean, who in their right mind when Gareth Bale's offered you as a Tam wouldn't have signed him every single team signing him. So don't, don't now go back in hindsight and tell me this was a bad move for LAFC. He's like, come on, let's you're being ridiculous. And then let's, it's be- a, it's a can't lose move. And in two months he became the top selling Jersey in MLS. He is, has been a good teammate. He's brought a lot of stuff. So we expect the play to come, but even at this uh, very rudimentary level, Gareth Bale on a Tam deal coming here like this is still amazing. And let's be truthful about how this kind of went when he came he revved it up a little bit. We saw some things where we go, oh man, maybe this is the Gareth Bale we want. But remember who kept telling us, hey guys, he's going to play in this time. It's, it was everybody, it was all the coaching staff. It was just John Thornton. Guys, we're, he's basically in preseason. We're trying to get him there. And I think he has regressed a little bit. So maybe he tried to rev it and he's hit a bit of a wall, which for a guy that over the past five seasons hasn't played a full season of football, I think is understandable. Um, is it concerning? Yes, but... Again, let's be let's be truthful and objective again. The guy has two starts. He's played a little bit over 300 minutes. The guy of all the people and all and everyone saying, "Oh, maybe LFC brought in too many people." The guy that's played the most is Giorgio Chiellini. And I think we can all admit he's been very 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 good. So I just this narrative is a little off. Yes, did LFC bring in a lot of people? Yes. Have they shoehorned them into lineup? Absolutely not. Giorgio Chiellini is the only guy that's really broken in because otherwise the lineup has been basically the same. I mean, it's Mahala the same has core. still played more than Gareth Bale since Gareth Bale has arrived. Yeah, and defensively, you know, the spine of the team, Crepo, Murillo, Ilie, Kellen, Carlos, Chicho, it's been the same. Right. There's been those, a couple. For all those, oh, I can't believe LAFC is trying to get rid of Chicho. Guess what? He still starts every game. Like, come on. So let's talk. You're, you are a Segway machine right now. So Gareth Bale, you don't throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. You 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 let this thing grow and see where he goes. And if not, it doesn't happen this season. He's back next season. He's never had these stretches. He, he's had a very uh, against the grain career. We know that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's odd. It's hard to put your finger on it, but it's still one of these things like, okay, he's still going to play. And I think we all believe you're going to have that moment. Where you're like, ah, there it is. End of the but day. I'm not, it's, it's no, I, I'm not going to panic about it. Yeah. End of the day, the quality that you saw Gareth Bell scoring that goal against Sporting KC or scoring that goal against RSL. If you have that in your team, you're doing pretty good. Like there's a lot of teams that would still say, Hey, we take this version of Gareth Bale. Do we, do we want a better version? Of course we do. And he wants a better version because he knows from here, it's the World Cup. Not much time after this season ends the World Cup. But I just, the hindsight is such a, it's a killer here. I just, yeah. I can't, I can't quite understand it. And he'll have an international break where he'll join the Welsh national team. They have games against Belgium and Poland and he'll get ready for the World Cup. And we'll see. By the way, you look like you're between two ferns right now. Oh, your little, your little. Great show. I know. I, I'm, in, I'm in my, uh, I'm in my living room, just like you are. I decided Mine's to do a, yeah. it in the bedroom. We, we had to do some lighting thing. I had to bring something in here, as you could see. So you talked about Chicho, and he's been perfect. He's been just an incredible constant. Even in these games where the team played badly, he's played well. He's gotten goals. He had goals in four straight games, three of which were road losses, and it just wasn't there for him. He was pressing, and I'll be the first to say he should have been sent off at the end of that first half. Should have been sent off. Got very lucky because I was just watching it as I got home. I I watched the first half before we jumped on here. And I'm like, I mean, there was three fouls where he was warned. Then he gets the yellow. Then he fouls Reynoso from behind. You're like, and then Vela's like, and then he kicks the ball out. And then you're really, I was sitting there just holding my breath going, oh, he's going to get a red card. And we haven't gotten any discipline. We're going to get back-to-back red cards. So uh, I saw your tweet. Should have been pulled out. He was, for the record, Adrian Heath, when Abu Danladi went in, got a yellow, almost got a yellow. He pulled that. He hooked him out quicker (laughs) than uh, a a drag race at Don Garlitz. He was out of there. Let's not give Adrian too much credit because you were on the broadcast. You might not have saw this, but at halftime, he told. Oh, I I quoted him. I quoted him. Yeah, I I can't can't have that. We can't. He's that's one of those. uh, Maybe a little fine coming your way. You can't yeah. just say, oh, because, and honestly, how can you say that after last game, LAFC got, what, what, how could you, yeah, this card? stretch where we're like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not true. But, but back true. to Chicho, yeah, he let the referee get under his skin. It was so blatantly obvious. He was, he was playing the referee. Remember, before he kicks that ball, uh, he had a chance that you would think could, he could at least put on target, flubbed it a little bit, and a, a pretty good cross from Carlos Villa. So clearly his mind was somewhere else. And, and that's fine and, and that's, that's fine it and, and vince every athlete does it yeah no one's perfect in baseball everyone bat the, the the best baseball players bat 333 that means they get out two other times mm-hmm. it happens in every sport and chicho's standard was so high and there's one game where he just i wasn't checked in that's yeah. fun i'm surprised it should happen more often maybe not <laughs> okay maybe not that not but i'm saying want- having a bad day having a day where you're like okay because he's had good day after good day. Well, you got those people that tell you, oh, Vince, Max, why doesn't LAFC just offer Chicho the DP contract? Why are we looking for another DP? DPs don't do that. I mean, really, if you want if you want to earn that DP contract in that big moment when your team needs you, and like we're all saying, hey, we're in a bad streak. I got a bad taste in my mouth from all these games. You can't just completely lose your head and take yourself out of the game because a referee kind of has it out for you. I mean, and you're but you're right. Nine times out of 10, Chicho's been there for us. So I will not... It's not like I'm going to hold it against him. I'm just going to say, if we're being truthfully honest, and again, I'm just keep using that word objective because it was thrown at me today. uh, I would sit him down and say, you messed up. You know, you messed up. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. 
And thankfully, he's not facing a suspension for Sunday. He'll be available to go. Yeah, Steve Trundolo made the right decision at halftime. Great move. He just wasn't there. He, he was he was taken out of the game, and he was frustrated. And I've seen it happen in the, every player at every level, the best that you would expect it, the ones that you wouldn't expect it from, and it's, it's certainly okay. We uh, move on to Carlos Vela, who hadn't scored, who had not scored since the Charlotte game which is about six games. So it's a long streak for him. Um, still having a good season, still had good moments. He had assists in two of the last three games. So he was getting involved, mm-hmm. had that missed penalty against Real Salt Lake. That would have ended the streak. And that's odd because, you know, it's the first missed penalty of the season of four for LAFC. As you said, he didn't play great in that number 10 role behind it, but it was a case of a guy who's kind of hell bent and waiting for that moment and he kind of was resigned to the fact because I'm going to get a chance. It's not going to be easy. And it wasn't. And that thing came up and that all sort of becomes to me, one of the more important goals of the season, because it, it stems the tide. It, you, you think of what could have been if we hit 90 minutes and by a tie in Minnesota against a team playing for everything is a great result. It's a good result. It's not a great result. It's a good result. One that you get on the plane afterwards and feel good about, especially under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. They needed that moment of excellence. And like Carlos Vela, the king he is, he provided it. Yeah, I think uh, to your point, you get on the plane. I think you're Steve Trundle. I mean, you're not happy about everything, but you probably look at the team and go, thank you, guys. You put in a shift under these circumstances. Incredible. Now we go home. We'll put our best lineup together and we'll, we'll do well for our home fans. And hopefully we'll clinch the West and that. But he's probably also looking at Carlos Vela and going, thank you. You're our captain. And you've been there for us all this season. And sometimes it doesn't always show up in the score sheet, but this one was emphatic. This was the curler that I, th- I don't think we've seen this all season. I know he scored a bit of a curler against Colorado that first game of the season, but this was the Carlos Vela 2018, 2019 vintage, the curler, the absolute just stunner, your jaw drops. So you got to ha- put your hat off to the captain and say, look, you get maligned a lot because maybe you don't score a goal in every single game, but who does? And you, but you still contribute to us, but in the biggest moment, like you said, in a goal that it might be one of the biggest of the season, you did this for us. Let's use this as a springboard. You lead us there, Carlos. And you did it in the way that only you can. It was huge. And it was in the back of the net. I think before Dane St. Clair even reacted to it, it was kind of the things he, he shot and he does his dive as the ball's already in the, as and it's nothing, that's not a shot against Dane St. Clair. It was just a perfect hit. As your former colleague at ESPN, Alejandro Moreno says that was a courtesy dive. <laughs> good uh there was no way to save it so carlos vela who's had a good season is it 2019 no but you'll never see a season like that again i just can't see that and the more i think about it it's like it never happened but it did it was truly remarkable and thank god we got to witness it and we got to witness it and it provided so many memories he's part of a different setup he's a couple years older mm-hmm. and it is and i by the way you got to give him a lot of credit for adapting that because we've seen big star players not react that way and like wait a minute this is carlos vela on a couple occasions being the last line of defense which you don't want to see but things that you don't see the star players really required to do or if they have that opportunity do it but to put a finer point on it the ones that have and i think there's one specific example and both you and i really like him a lot um he's fallen off a little bit more this year but nico ladera when he took that little bit of a step back is when Seattle really started taking off and look where they went. So I think this is, uh, it's, it's hard to do. I think for these guys, egos, I think we underestimate that, man, if you're Carlos Vellner, you're as good as you were to be told, Hey, you're a little bit older. Can you transform your game a little bit? 
doesn't always go well. But luckily for LAFC, I think it has. And I think, again, we should reward him when he hits goals like that. But we should also remember when he plays games like uh, he did against RSL, despite missing that penalty, he comes to that game, changes the complexion, gets helps get that second goal. He's just he's a difference maker this year, whether he's on the score sheet or not. Real quickly, Buanga and Teo. Teo came on and looked like a guy didn't want to stir up the waters there by his presence. And he said, I'll just do what I require. And he did that. He made a couple plays. There was a moment, I think, where he could have challenged the defender and he passed mm-hmm. it. He, maybe almost to say, it's not time. Right. It's not time. So I think he's ready. That Buwanga was not as sharp as I think in the last couple games. Had that nice like beeline run that he, he hit into the side netting. Uh, you can see what his value is. And yeah. it's exciting to see either A or B because it would may, may come down to that. It'll be Boanga or Teo on the field at one mm-hmm. certain time. But you have two guys that we didn't really have that kind of uh, vertical presence. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, good. It's, it wasn't great for me, the one small sample size for Teo, but it's good that it's here. Yeah, Boanga, that, like you said, that flash where he ran past guys, that's the Boanga we want to see. And I think that's what we'll see more of. Look, he had to, he had to contend with, am I a wingback? What am I doing here? So I can't really, it's hard for me to judge him completely because he was caught between two minds. Teo, I agree with you. He came in there and he just wanted to say, I'm not going to give the ball away. I'm not going to lose this game for us. And he tracked back in one of the biggest moments of the game and made sure that they didn't lose the game. So I think perfect. I mean, you want to talk about how oh, all these guys, they're going to unsettle everything. Teo seemed, seemed to really buy in. And so I think that is of all the things when we're like, oh, the sky's falling. Another thing that you kind of look at and go, that's something we can build off of, and that's something good going forward. Had a great interview with Kalia Castroena. You can hear it on uh, LAFC social media handles about his arrival of Christian Teo. We can rip through. I want to get to Kellen Acosta because we can talk about uh, Murillo and the defensively, Murillo, Ibiaga, Segura. A couple of mistakes there, but generally they would make the big play. They would commit on a tackle, and mm-hmm. what you would see in, a, in, in a, a situation that we probably won't see perhaps for the rest of the season, knock on wood, hopefully not. Yeah. Tough. Not, not their cleanest day on the, on the ball, not their best passing the ball forward. Um, but you know, the buildup is completely different with all these players in different places. Uh, so I can't, again, I, when I say no big conclusions off this, it's because these guys are playing in a game where literally they don't know where their guys are going to be. So, and we're not going to see this. So I just, I don't want to say, Oh, this team's going to be horrible going to the playoffs because this is not the team you will see in the playoffs. It just won't be. Sifu coming off the bench refreshed without having to go in the 70th minute was nice. Nice happy, optics. Happy he to t- see that. He took on guys and it was mm-hmm. nice. It was a, a step in the right direction. Maybe and he just needed that to- little bit of pressure, extra pressure in the midfield. I, I love Carlos does what he does, but Sifu brings that little bit of extra. And so alleviating Carlos of the need to do that, changed the complexion of the game. Solid from Latif. I thought he was very calm on the ball. Couple times he kept running into teammates and it, was, it wasn't pass, clean. Pass the ball forward more, yeah. Latif. Just a yes. couple more times. And also, I, I get it. Carlos is Carlos, and I would probably do this. But if he's two yards away from you, don't pass to him. Maxime Craveco didn't have to save too much. He was solid, and then he had that one moment, mm. um, which it, it was. <laughs> I know he judged it, but that ball—it's like it was bouncing, and then it hit a trampoline, and then it went, <laughs> yeah. But still, you and then it, what a helpless feeling it must have been. Can you imagine Reynoso behind him scores at that moment? Mm-hmm. And we don't have to talk about Craig Pogan because Kellen Acosta didn't have to be there. I've looked at that play again, and it's like once you see the goalie come in, I think your natural instinct is to kind of cut or maybe come back because you're assuming he's going to make the play. Yet Kellen said, 
I'm just going to stick with Reynoso just in case. Mm-hmm. And it proved to be the right decision. Not that it was a 50-50 call. He knew to go that way. I just think a lot of players may have seen it differently with the keeper coming up. And that in to- on top of a- another play where he cut in front of Amaria to knock the ball away before Crepo made the save. And Crepo could have made the save. Those two were just, for a guy who started at right midfield, then right left midfield, then right fullback, even played... Uh, and to me, one of the better performances of the season for for any LAFC player. And after a game in Dallas, when even with all the odds against you, you had a one nil lead going going close to the eighth minute, and then you just switch off for four minutes. And I don't mean Kellen; I just mean a team switches off. Kellen turns it on. The focus is on in that moment. Like you said, you don't have to do that, but he had that little extra bit of focus, that little extra bit of guys. This is not happening today. And he was able to do that. I think one brief note, though, on Crepeau, and I don't want to harp on it, but he's not in that position unless he's told to be that kind of sweeper-keeper. And just remember the amount of times that has worked out for him. I know I know, it could have gone horribly, horribly wrong in the most wrong moment, but you've got to say that, like, you got to give him credit. That's what he's told to do. That's what he's told to do. So I got, I got to say that just in Max's defense, but he knows. You and I have talked to him many, many times. He knows what he's supposed to be there for. And he knows when he makes a mistake, but thank goodness, like you said, Kellen switched on in that moment. And I got to say, he probably was my man of the match for LAFC because of the fact that just the hard running that he did just reminds me of him talking to uh, Mahal after that game, when he's out with yellow cards and he's like, I got to kick people because sometimes you don't run that Kellen. Everybody needs a friend like Kellen. Right. (laughs) And I love how when he said that, he goes, Mahal goes, why are you missing the game? And then Kellen goes, I got eight yellow cards. Mahal goes, Eight, how do you get it? Was how hilarious. Do you get it was hilarious. One of the best, uh, best bro back hands. and forths. Those two guys, it's the best. Uh, Carlos Vela is so good, and it's hard not to give him man of the match, but I, I was going to give it to Carlos if I'm with you. Kellen was just, it was too many important plays to give it to somebody else. So mm-hmm. there you go. So we put a, a bow on a nice point in Minnesota, and you've really dampened their chances and their spirits. You mm-hmm. really have. They have, to, they have three games, and they have got to be very nervous tonight. LAFC flying back. They'll have a nice couple days uh, to uh, recuperate uh, and, and get well. And then they have it's a Sunday game. So it's a good five day gap as they'll take on the Houston Dynamo. It's the only team in these final five game stretch that's not going to the postseason. Although they had a good result against New England, uh, they're still playing. I mean, they're playing for a new coach, and a lot of guys are playing for jobs. No doubt about that. So uh, it's uh, it, it should be tricky, but LAFC come into it with uh, the need to to show why you're playing to be at home, mm-hmm. so you can be dominant, so, so that you can win games without too much push or too much stress. They only had that one loss to Austin, and it's all worth it. And now you can show the same way how Minnesota had an edge at home, the same way Dallas had an edge. Those were really good home field advantages these last two games. So LAFC goes back and does that. And I think it's a good opportunity to really clean things up, uh, avoid any issues with the referee. Uh, It could have been bad because it could have been a red for Chicho. Ilya is one yellow away. Jesus Murillo is one yellow away. So I think you've really got to get in line with discipline, get into really good habits. So anything that could have happened with Chicho or or with Ryan Hollingshead doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in October. Yeah, couldn't be a better time to be home. And as you said, 
LAFC simply does not lose at home. And it's not even that they don't lose, they win at home. Uh, they really take advantage of those home points. And you've got to do that to be a truly dominant team in this league. And then after this, you have an international break, and we'll have quite a few guys, I believe, going on international duty because they have, the way they've been playing and this being a World Cup year and this last look-in. Uh, but you got to give it your all in this last moment. You know, LAFC always says we want our guys to go on international duty, but they've got to know you play up to the point, you're all LAFCs, and then the minute that final whistle blows, you can turn it off and you can go join your country and then you come back again and turn it back on. And that's the level of really great players. Uh, but yeah, it, it, being at home is so important. And just in this stretch, it's been so important. Obviously, the only win in this six-game stretch is at home. The rest of those five matches that have left this dirty taste in your mouth have been away from home. So let's go home. Let's and you can er you can eradicate all the road games right now. Yes, you can basically <laughs> hey, no more road games. Yes, you can take care of business. And me, you and I are both on the same page. I know a lot of people say, yeah, but what happens if we get in the final and we have to go to Philadelphia? Let's get there first. <laughs> Please. <laughs> right? You I mean, if we're the homers and we're the ones actually telling everyone to like let, let's calm it down. You stop people in their tracks. Why don't we get there first? Ah, oh, good idea. It's because if you're there, you'll be good. You'll be really happy yeah. about getting there. Finals are finals. Who cares? I would love to win it at home. I want to, I still want the supporter shield. I still want all that, but let's think there. about it. Hey, we're in an MLS cup final, regardless of what happens, you want to win it, but that's, that's a good season. Yes. We, I know it's MLS cup or bust, but if you do these things that you didn't do the last two years, win the West champions league, MLS cup final that what are, we, we've got to be realistic here. It's the next step. Yeah. And in year five, what, what I think the Sounders was in year seven or more than that, I think, or nine, nine, year nine. So, you know, for all those people like, it's got to happen now. I get it. I want it to happen as soon as possible too, but it's always one foot in front of the other. And then let's get there. It's going to be an incredible Sunday night. I already hear it's a hot, hot ticket, just like the Salt Lake game was. Sunday night, 7.30. If you can't make it out of the stadium, 7 o'clock pregame show. KCOP 13, it's one of our last two local broadcasts before things change for all of us. But we're not going to worry about that. We're going to enjoy these last two games and squeeze lemon. I might get a little emotional by that Nashville game. I think that's totally fair. And I have a feeling with all the nice notes, and I'm sure it's been good for you to see people on Twitter wondering, what's going to happen to my Max Bredos and what's going to happen to my Dave Denholm? Luckily, Dave is gonna. He's he's good. Uh, you, on the other hand, we're hoping for you know fingers crossed for big things in this Apple deal. But I think that's only fair. But I, I think um, you probably got to feel pretty good with the amount of people that have said Max. I'm, I'm you're getting I'm me nervous, Vince. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like you got a lot of people saying I'm thinking about you. And oh, I, that's great. And well, I, I will say this: great. I've seen a lot of people in different markets do the same thing for their broadcasters, and that just shows me the importance that I can speak on behalf of. Jake Zivin or Callum Williams or Kevin Egan or Glenn Davis, um, Joe Totino, and that connection to the clubs. It's why it kind of stings a little bit because the, the folks in the club have your back. Generally, it's it, once you're there and you're in those trenches with them during these game days, it, that's the way it always is going to be. So I've been moved by seeing how every club has stood up for their guys too, which is really good. But I appreciate all that very much. And whatever happens, it's going to be good. I'm just going to miss, you know, kind of those things. But, you know, we move on to the next thing and uh, we accept new challenges and I'm in a very good place. And we're doing stuff with 110 football. We'll still do the LAFC. So 
we'll just see where it goes. And you you never know what will happen in the future, but we can always say that as far as we know going forward, there will only have ever been one television voice of the Los Angeles Football Club, and that will be Max Bredos. Boom! Can't take that away from you. I'm thinking maybe doing like cruise ship entertainment if that doesn't work out, you know, just saying like just something different. Just do a big pivot. Real estate. I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm well, kidding. And if you call games from international waters, maybe you can just have your own Max Bredo Sports Network and do LAFC games. Under the uh, very black market broadcast. You know, like <laughs> you know, like the Simpsons say, it's the one place where you can broadcast Major League Baseball games is those international waters. <laughs> That's true. So uh, there it is, Houston. Then we wrap up the, the international break at Portland, Nashville, and then away we go. So this is... You should feel okay. You should feel okay. You shouldn't be doing great. You shouldn't be popping champagne tonight or tomorrow, but you should be there Sunday. There are, there are you, some, you should be there Sunday and there'll be a list of things you want to get better, but that mm-hmm. list is going to shrink. That mm-hmm. list. One of the things on that list was get Carlos Vela a goal. We crossed that off the list. One of those things come from behind, get a, a, a really show that you can respond to adversity and get that point on the road against a good Minnesota team. They did that. Yep. You, again, just be there Sunday. That's all that matters. All that matters is the next game. This is Inside LFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Rate, review, download, subscribe. We'll be back to uh, normal once we everything gets back. It's going to be a fun few weeks. We have that extra international week there. And uh, we appreciate it. We got uh, a wonderful response. By the way, we got like uh, 1,600, 1,700 views on the Okanikolov YouTube video. Those Frankfurt fans got to be them. The Frankfurt people love hearing from the coaches, so we'll do more of that. And mm-hmm. the the front the front desk folks, and the Chicho Arango one's doing well. So uh, check them out. We have a great library of stuff, and we'll we'll be here for you. So uh, I'm gonna sleep well tonight, Vince. Good, good. I was worried about you, but I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. And uh, for all of you, like you said, coaches are doing well. We've got a few more on our wish list, so please stay tuned to Inside LFC. And you have if you haven't already, subscribe, like, rate, and review, as Max Preto says, and. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's Vince. I'm Max. Uh, we'll see you Sunday. Yes! They knocked on the door, and they finally kicked it through.